Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host. I'm here with producer Guy. We've got an action-packed episode coming your way. First thing off, we're going to talk some proper golf. We are. How did you play last week? <laughs> I played rubbish. Um, I lost. I played so not the weekend just gone. The one before, I played golf and lost four Pro V ones. Nice. Um, but the good thing was they weren't actually bad shots. It was shots that I hit was going for a certain line, and then I kind of lost it. It went offline. Couldn't find the ball. But enjoyed it. Um, did you play again this weekend? No, I didn't play. Cancelled right. my tea time this weekend. <laughs> in all seriousness, no, seriousness, no. Oh, in all seriousness, no. Why does that not sound right? <laughs> in all seriousness, though. Is that what yes. The first major championship of the year was played this weekend, and also the first major championship we've seen for nearly 12 months. Uh, the PGA Championship over in San Francisco at Harding Park, and 23-year-old Colin Marikawa took the victory, which was phenomenal. Sunday night, I actually stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch him finish his bat nine. And I tell you what, it was one of the most exciting packed uh, leaderboards I've seen for an awful long time. Some of the biggest names in golf were up there. And uh, it was exciting right up until the point Colin basically put the nail in the coffin by eagling the 16th, the par 4. He drove it onto the green to about 8, 10 foot and absolutely nailed it. Dead center, took a two-shot lead. Or I think it might have been three-shot lead at the time and then just cruised home. It was epic i really enjoyed it it was a shame that the fans weren't there i think the crowd on that particular shot would have been incredible but you never know it might have played out completely differently if the crowd was there good and that's the golf chat done for this week rick <laughs> um, we'll tune in next week we'll have more to talk about right, we need to talk about like strokes gained we need to talk about who 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 got the number one stroke putting average the, the first thing we need to talk about before um we go on any more depth of the golf, which is watch some of this this week, which is good, is talk us through your outfit because it's one of your more uh, exotic ensembles this morning. I've just come into Rick's garage to record the podcast. I'm not looking the height of fashion, so I can't really judge, but you've got quite a... I really wish people could see what you're wearing. Talk us through it, head to toe. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you were going to throw that on me. Uh, <laughs> well, to put some context, at the moment it's quite a muggy day here in the UK. Yeah. Uh, there's some storms brewing, so it was hot. So I woke up this morning and decided to put on some shorts. I've actually decided to put on some blue, cold blue, Nike golf shorts. There's a word I would use before blue to describe those. Bright. 
but yeah, but not that vibrant. One. Electric. Oh yes, electric blue. I bet that's actually what they call. It's the same color of blue that Rick used on his thumbnails. So if you ever watch the YouTube videos and look at the sky, <laughs> that's what color the shorts are. It's always sunny where we film. Um, yeah, I've gone with shorts, and then I wasn't sure what we were doing today, so I've put on a pair of socks, which is quite rare for me at the moment. Certainly when I'm around at the house, because we just had some artificial grass put in, so no need for socks anymore. <laughs> but I put socks on, and I can't walk around the house with socks and nothing else on my feet. So I've put on some some old grandpa slippers, which have definitely seen their uh, their day now. They're pretty worn, them aren't they? They are. But we were chatting the other day about how in the house you'll happily sit in jeans and even your car keys in your pocket, and you're not bothered about comfort. But yet today you look exceptionally comfortable. <laughs> I don't feel it. <laughs> you look certainly it. now you've pointed out <laughs> pointed out my fashion faux pas, and then I've just uh, decided to dull it down with a, just a little black tea. Yeah, just a plain the, black the tea. tea brings it all together. <laughs> I really do like it. But anyway, yeah. So um, like I said, there was there was some exciting golf on. It was good to see it back. Um, I think the is the US Open potentially next, and then the Masters is still um, scheduled to go ahead at the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's nice to see a major, though. It's nice to see a big trophy being lifted. And, and I dropped a little bit. <laughs> and dropped a... You know what? That made me like him even yeah, more. Yeah, I love his facial expression he pulled. Yeah, he's such a likeable like young lad. He seems so um, happy to be he's out got, there. He's got a happy face, got a nice golf swing. And I'll be honest, because again, I've said this a million times, I don't watch too much PJ Tour golf. I heard of him, and I'd seen him actually on one of Eric's videos as well, where he was going for the hole-in-one, so I knew him. But kind of embarrassingly, I didn't know enough about him. And, and when I woke up in the morning and I saw he'd won, I did obviously a bit of research about him. I looked at his Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, <laughs> I, I, I like him now. I do. I really like him. And he's just picked up a smooth 1.98 million. That is smooth, isn't it? <laughs> that helps. That'll help him smile a lot more. Um, no, it's good. Uh, this week has been a crazy week. It has. And it continues. So this is Tuesday at the moment, recording the podcast. You might have seen yesterday, 12 o'clock, um, and I, I want to kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, you might have seen a lot of posts all take place at the same time yesterday, 12 o'clock noon, because it was the embargo lifting. So when people are out to talk about a product of the new tailor-made lineup. Wow. What a lineup it is. Wow. I am unbelievably impressed with the look of this new lineup. So there's three new sets of irons. The ones I reviewed first on the one went out yesterday is the p770 it's a compact player iron with a hollow head construction with speed foaming it's a smaller brother of the p790 um with slightly more traditional lofts so for example the, the seven irons 33 degrees aloft which isn't too scary the ball doesn't go too far and unbelievable cosmetics i mean they just look incredible i don't think i'm being over the top when I say that I honestly believe this lineup is the best looking lineup of irons, family of irons, for want of a better word, that I've ever seen. From any manufacturer. Certainly ever. in the last 10 years. Yeah. Because you'll always get a, a, a lineup. So what, what, when we're talking about lineup, we're talking about the P lineup. And actually now there's six sets in the P lineup. Yeah. So, but these are the kind of new ones. So there's the P, P7TW, the Tiger Woods ones, limited edition. Then there's the P730s but they've now been dropped for the P7MBs, which are the blade. Gorgeous as well. Yeah. Video of that will be coming out this week. Then the next step up is the P7MC, muscle cavity, 
unbelievable looking iron it's again. The, ab- really modern looking, but with a little hint back to history as well. Last 10 years ago with the MCs. R- of, yeah. RAC and yeah. MBs, TPs, and really, really clever design on those. And they, they are a good looking iron. Then there's the P770s. Then the P790s are staying in the lineup, which you've seen from my reviews in the past. I honestly think they were one of the best irons that have ever brought out just because they cater for such a wide range of golfers and i'm really kind of the probably the only ugly duckling in that lineup now is the p790 ti yeah which do we even think about no i don't don't even think about you know that's for a rich dentist yes my dentist in particular is a lovely guy and he's um, does he listen to the podcast he watches the videos when i go every six months he says he watches so he does watch the videos i doubt he listens to the podcast but he's um He's from Hong Kong, and he's very big into his like Asian brands. He loves Mizuno's. He loves, I think he's had Honma stuff possibly before, or Mura possibly. And he does, and he's obviously, to be fair to him, worked very hard, and he likes to get nice golf clubs. He's the kind of guy I would see getting that kind of set of irons. Kind of like flash, but not overly flash, yeah. if you get what I mean. Because yeah. um, sometimes I think when you can go too flash, the brand gets lost. Yes. You know, if you turn up to a fancy golf course with Mura irons... Mm-hmm. People who know, know. People, who, people don't, who don't know, just don't know. A bit so, like a Tesla. Yeah, it is very yeah. much like a Tesla. I could turn up, you know, I've not got one, but if I turned up to a car park in a really fancy, you know, P100D uh, Model X, people go, oh, that's a nice car, but you're thinking, it's like 120 grand's yeah. worth of car. Like but A car head. Knows. Knows. They know, they want to know top speed, they want to know acceleration, all that. And that's similar to the tailor-made TI, I guess. You go to the... And people know TI, tailor-made, sorry, and they go, are they a set of tailor-made? I've never seen them before. Oh, yeah, they're the, they're the expensive. You walked in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> you know one thing we didn't discuss personally off-camera and you didn't discuss in the video, which isn't an issue, but I completely forgot about yesterday. You, I'm sure you'll remember this. Because obviously the P770s replaced P760s. But, but P7, it was a P770. Yeah. Did you remember that? You know what? Not until yesterday. I completely forgot until I searched on YouTube to see how I've reviewed them. Yeah. I can because originally it was seven thirties, fifties, seventies, nineties, which actually made sense. It was all the numbers, the blade length, wasn't it? If you remember, I'm not. I don't think the thirties came out at the same time. Did they not? No. I, I in my head, I thought they did. They had a tailor-made blade out, which I think was just called an MB. Right. Then they had a t- tailor-made P750. Yeah. And a P770. I always feel a fifty. Was that the one that Molinari had? Possibly. I think he did. They had the seven fifties and seven seventies, which weren't that. Nice. I, I reviewed them briefly at Orlando Golf right, Show yeah, three years ago. Um, and I must admit, like you say, when completely they've complete, they, but they kind of went off the radar. And they've not been mentioned once. No. I also watched Eric's video where he went to the kingdom to get fitted for his new set. Obviously, he's a tailor-made player. And there was no mention of them. No. They're like the forgotten. They are. Really forgotten golf club lineup. So, yeah. So, it's a very, very strong lineup now. So, that's the tailor-made stuff. And then also, dropping today. Probably the podcast will go out after this. So, you can watch the video now on, by the way, not only watch it on YouTube, but also watch it on Facebook at exactly the same time. Yeah. So if you're not a follower of the Facebook page, make sure you are. And we're not talking about the podcast page, that's separate. The actual official Rick Shields Facebook page, which is over 550,000 followers now, which is amazing. Um, we've been dropping the video on both platforms at the same time. And it's interesting, yesterday, for a long, long period of time, Facebook was actually out doing youtube on views 100 percent. there's a diff we, we've learned recently that there's a different so obviously people listening may watch on facebook may watch on youtube 
there's a lot of golfers on Facebook. Massive amount. And it's just dipping in and out. I feel like if I was personally going to watch the video, I would watch on YouTube because I like to be able to have the option to read comments. I know you kind of, it's a bit different. It's more of a viewing experience. But Facebook is great for people that kind of into golf. Obviously, just want to see something new, watch a quick video. It's great. Facebook is good at targeting its audience better yeah. than YouTube, really. Um, and then, so then today's lineup, the new Mizuno irons. So Mizuno are bringing out a new lineup of JPX 921 range. So the new irons for 2021, effectively. There are four sets. So there's the JPX 921 Tour. Then there's a forged model. There's a hot metal model and then a hot metal pro. In the video that I've just released, I hit all four sets. Um, I had a full set of the tours. They are pretty impressive. I really like those. There's one shot in the video, though. I can't believe I didn't edit out because... I'm glad it was left in. (laughs) I think it's somewhat relatable. And then I do test all four irons and give them a bit of an insight and kind of give you guys what my initial thoughts and feelings are. And I do say in the video, probably down the line, maybe in a few weeks, I'll do a more in-depth who each set is actually aimed at and give you some numbers and data and all that jazz. Nice irons. I've not hit, I think I might hit one. I can't remember. I've not really hit them. They look good. The only thing that I think, and it's not a massive issue, but they need to do is work on the naming. Because JPX, I don't know what it's... I think it's something to do with Japan, because that's where the clubs originally came from. So that's kind Maybe of fine. Maybe Japan export? Possibly, yeah. 921, well, I don't really like the 9, so, but 21 is for the year, like you said. But then, I know you should go for a fitting and stuff, and a lot of people do, but it's, if you're just looking online, you've got tour, which in it, you th- should think means for tour players, which it yeah. kind of does. Then you've got forged, which a lot of people know that forged irons are typically for the better player, not always. But, but then does that make you quiz a tour forged? Exactly. Which they are. And then, but, th- but then you've also got the hot metal, which kind of means nothing, and the hot metal pro. Yeah. So a pro is a good player that... So it's like, which the is the best iron? hot metal pro is the worst wording, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, these are a pro iron. I can't use these irons. But who they're actually aimed at is for a much, much higher handicapper. So I don't, I don't kind of get why they've called it hot metal pro. They should have maybe called it Hot Metal Plus or Hot Metal Star or what? something, you know, because it is basically a, a, a slightly, and I mean this, slightly better player's version of a Hot Metal. Yeah. It's just confusing. What about have Taurus Tour, which you think of as being the best players in the world? Then you could always have Pro, which is like you're a good player, like an iPhone Pro as well, where yeah. it's like an, a, a more of a, in, how do I word it? More of a high-level product, if you like. Then you could almost just have a JPX91, nothing. And then you could have like a OS or a Plus or something. Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't know. It's just not the cleanest. No, it's, naming has been a bit picky. But it's important to have a, a family of irons that people understand which is which and where they sit. Um, I think Mizuno have always had it somewhat tricky because they've got such a die-hard fan base. They mm. actually often don't want the naming to change that much. They, they've become so accustomed to that naming. But the problem is... For Mizuno to attract new audiences to you know to take um, sales away from other manufacturers, that's where they've got to, in my opinion, and probably yours as well. Just clean up that lineup of, of irons. I mean, we're just looking at them now in the garage, and they are stunning without question. Um, so yeah, so that, that's those ones. And then later on this week, um, there's a new tailor-made putter that I'm reviewing. So a new putter that's uh, again, this is a weird one. It's a it looks good, no questions about it. I won't give too much away. Well, the embargo, people might have seen it now, to be fair. Oh, yeah. It's lifted. So the price is £300, wow. which for a putter... That is an extortion, isn't it? It is, really. It is, because 
it's a new concept as well. It's not as if it's a different, like it's just, you'll see it from the video if you watch it. But basically they're saying it fe- it looks like a mallet, feels like a blade, has the forgiveness of a spider. So it doesn't made, make much sense, does Taylor it? Made, being tailor-made right there, isn't it? They're, they're, I feel like I've been doing so good recently on just making good quality, good looking products. And then they throw in a stupid it, kind of tagline there on the putter. I think as well, that typically there is two main styles of putter, isn't there? There's a blade and there's a mallet. Obviously, there's different variations, some that sit in between, but that's typically where it is. But even now, we're seeing tour pros, people like Rory, people like Dustin Johnson, will sometimes one week swap from one to the other. So although it's a big jump, even those guys are, make yeah. that jump. And what they've tried to do, as you said, and you say very well in the video, is make a putter that feels in the stroke like a blade, and to be fair, it, it does, but has the look of a mallet. But then... You'd think, really, those guys, if they wanted something that looks like a mallet, would probably benefit from a bit more forgiveness. Because yeah. when I had a few putts that kind of when you'd filmed the video, it didn't feel... It looked good behind the ball, but my stroke went all over the place. And then I had a go of an old-school um, spider that's really kind of back-weighted with those big, um, like, almost wings with their weights in. And it felt like my stroke was the best stroke in the world. So I don't know who it's for. No, I don't. Um, and the pri- I, I liked putters 10 years ago. A top-end Scotty was 180 quid. Yep. It was it a lot was. of money, but that's what it was. Yep. A two-ball was 139. Yep. You might get a little ping answer for 99 quid. And now, I mean, I know everything's gone up, and in, in life it has, but 300 quid for a putter that's not even like... I don't mind paying that if it's a proper, like, something that's... I don't know. Well, you know the, you know the difference is, is if it's something that's going to stick around. True. Like, that, is that going to stick around? No. I just can't see it. Like it's an Odyssey Red Ball. It it's a tailor-made capper. It's in for six months. You'll never see it again. That's what I mean. And even even the tailor-made trust putter. I joke about it in the video, saying in my original trust video that nobody would use it out on tour and win with it. And granted, Dustin Johnson proved me wrong. He did go and win a tournament a few weeks ago with the trust in the bag. Look at him at Harding Park. It's out of there again. He was mm. back to a spider or something like. So these guys, I mean, the self. I mean, I, I, I know notoriously Justin, um, Dustin Johnson does change putters a lot, um, but he, they can put with anything. It's what gives them confidence that week. And law of uh, averages, he was probably going to win at some point. And the the fact that he just won with a trust putter in the bag was kind of good timing, really. But again, we're going to see that in six months. I'm not sure. Are we going to see the the FCG spider in six months? I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's a lovely putter, but uh, just not long, not mm. sure how long it's going to last. And then talking about gappers that you just mentioned, then because they were they were out was it two years ago or a year ago. It was it was actually two years it ago. Believe it or not, it was the it was Carnoustie, open, wasn't Carnoustie, it? Yeah. So Carnoustie, when they brought out the gappers, there was three of them and, and low, mid, and high gapper, um, kind of like driving irons, effectively. And again, they kind of came in fashion and kind of dwindled off again. Um, well, anyway, you know what they did wrong with them? Let me just sorry, just jump in. Sorry. All they did was basically make a hybrid out, a driving iron, and like one that's in, the, in between, and it was gapper high, mid, and low. And they had this whole story of trying to fit the gap in your golf bag, hence the name. I think people saw that as just absolute nonsense because hybrids and driving irons have been out for years. If they just come out with a family that were called whatever they were just called, something different than gapper, and just told the story of we've got three new clubs that are driving irons essentially. I mean, that might have worked, but I think because he tried to almost make out that they'd revolutionised golf by introducing hybrids, people, I think, thought it was a bit gimmicky, or I did anyway. I also thought the colourway was a bit oh, it was cheap looking. Black and kind of like that turquoise green. It wasn't particularly... Again, it, it's that look that doesn't last the test of time, really. It looked cheap and, yeah. So we're looking at two driving irons at the moment. Just turn the ones in the bag there, just next to you. I just want to talk about the colour of those, just near that putter, yeah. 
So now there's two new hybrids that bring it out, or driving iron, shall I say, TaylorMade Sim UDI and TaylorMade H, uh, DHY. It's like a driving hybrid, effectively. And UDI stands for Ultimate Driving Iron. They look like they might last a little bit longer. They look a lot cleaner. Yeah, so it's like a more of a chrome finish with a black kind of accent going through with a tint of blue. Uh, they are called TaylorMade Sim um, mm. UDI and DHY, which... We've kind of thought, well, hold on. If they're bringing Sim out now in August, effectively for a September launch, does that give us a little bit of indication of what next year's driver might be called? 100%. Because if if next year they dropped the whole Sim line and went to M7s or something again, M7 and M8, that Drive 9 family, and also what the Sim stands for, it's Shape in Motion, which this hasn't really got much of. They're obviously trying to still keep that Sim family alive. So I would put money on next year's drive it being a, a Sim S almost, you know, like a little tweak on the Sim. Yeah, which I think would be a smart move. And I'll be honest, we've kind of maybe got to hold our hands up a little bit. When lockdown took place, we did a, we did a video on this is going to be TaylorMade's driver for next year. And basically it was this driver for this year. It's not going to change. We didn't think drivers coming out in 2021 were going to change. We've completely gone back on that idea now because golf sales have gone through the roof. Who would have guessed it? Who would have thought it? When we're in lockdown, I'd I'd have thought two or three golf companies would have gone out of business personally. But the timing of it, when golf was allowed to be played again back uh, kind of around the world, the fact that it was one of the only sports that you could play with, you know, social distancing, etc., Online sales have gone through the roof. Basically, golf club sales, every manufacturer we've talked to so far, they are booming. So expect to see new products in 2021. I retract my previous statement saying there would not be any new products in 2021. Yeah, there's some... We've had a little sneak um, insight into some brands that are bringing out new products. Some of the brands that I'm a fan of that I think a lot of golfers are a fan of. Um, brands that don't release stuff every year, a bit of a hint, and I'm excited because I think next year is going to be a big year. And if a lot of these new golfers can stick around, it's going to be good. And it means we've got products to test. It does. We've got we, videos. We were thinking about what the hell are we going to test if they don't bring anything out. <laughs> can pay the bills next month. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping, Rick. Um, okay. I know I made you aware of this and just made the listeners aware. For some reason, let me try and explain this as, as clearly as I can. If you listen on Apple in particular to the podcast, but you're not a subscriber, okay, when the new episode goes live, it isn't appearing in people's feeds, and it's, you almost can't find it. However, if you are a subscriber, the episode is there, and we've tried to fix this, and we don't know why it's happening, so it's honestly not a plug to try and get you to subscribe, but if you've not subscribed, but you just listen, you might lose episodes, and we don't know why it is, we want to get it resolved ASAP, because it's obviously really frustrating, um obviously i i subscribe to the podcast myself and i get it every time it comes out um but we have had a number of people say i listen to the podcast where's this week's episode and they can't seem to find it so if you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe um because at least then you won't miss an episode or literally lose an episode hopefully that makes sense but subscribe perfect sense review comment share so if you're not subscribed you don't get the new the new stuff that, that's it yeah so and that's not whether that's the ploy from apple to do that but i quite like it they should maybe do that on youtube as well because did we see a stat recently we had 25 unique views a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot maybe your new best friend 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Goes to the YouTube channel. 25 million. Oh, it's something, yeah, something crazy. Um, I think it was 25 million, yeah. Wow. Imagine if they all had to subscribe. Anyway. Um, do you want to know why I did this weekend? You know, you do something every now and again. I saw it so happened to you last night, by oh, the way. Oh, that was horrendous. Did you get some sleep or not? Um, bits. I had to wear earplugs. Whoa. That, should we just leave it at that? Yeah. Should we give no context to that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a loud, long night. No, there was... Um, there's basically where I live is a really kind of busy junction of a of a of a major road really, and they're doing road works which they've been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks to make the roads better, which is kind of fine. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that the final stages now, which means they're working through the night. And to be fair, they've been posting letters through almost weekly saying what they're doing and when. But it was outrageous last night, so I didn't get much much sleep. Um, anyway, <laughs> but what I was going to allude to then is a little bit off golf, but every now and again. There's something you do in life where you feel like a grown-up or you feel, in my case, like a man. Um, not many times, but, you know, maybe, look, you know, I was fortunate to buy a house a couple of years ago or get engaged. I should have been getting married, but obviously that's been postponed. This week was possibly the most uh, masculine thing I've ever done, Rick. I think you'd be quite proud of me. You ready? Go on. I bought a drill. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I mentioned it is because it sounds ridiculous. It kind of made me think about golf. Please tell me you watched some reviews first. Not quite. I um I got some basically flat pack furniture to keep the cushions and the outdoor furniture in, okay? And it was like a plastic like shed thing. It got delivered, it was quite big, quite heavy. You need a drill to do it. Now, I've not got a drill because I'm not really, I've never really tried to do much DIY. I was gonna bother my brother borrow my brother's drill, but I thought it's about time I bought my own drill. So I sat down, went to B&Q, had a look through the drills. And it made me feel like a new golf looking at golf clubs. I found one that looked all right at Bosch, which I know is a, a reasonable, well, a good brand. Didn't want to go too big, 55 quid. Sent a screenshot to my mate, is this drill any good? He's like, oh yeah, it's 18 watt, 18 volt, that should be all right. But 
it made me think about the fact that, like, again, in golf, if you don't really know anything about golf, but you've heard of maybe just Taylor May and you look on a website, it's an absolute minefield, isn't it? Yeah. No, it really that's is. Kind of what it, that's why I mentioned it, because it kind of got me thinking about golf again. Another one of my, loads of my friends at the minute are starting golf, which is class, because obviously the COVID and all these different things. And a couple of them have asked me about what club should they buy. And it's like, almost, where do you start? Yeah, it's impossible. I was just going to say, you should have tweeted, like, some famous DIY. Yeah. Is this drill any good? What drill should I buy, mate? Um, Yeah, it is really hard because, like you say, there's so much different choice. And I'm now referring back to golf a bit more than than drills. But, (laughs) but like, I I get it. You probably would have gone in there. And I bet there was a drill at 20 quid. Yeah, there was. You you wouldn't have bought that. And I bet there was one one at 300 quid. Yeah. But you wouldn't have bought that. You bought one that was kind of in the middle of the range uh, from a brand that you recognize. And I bet that happens with golf a lot. I bet when people go into a golf shop to buy golf clubs, they'll look at the price and go, well, that's the cheapest, uh, that's Slazinger or whatever. Okay, PXG seems to be the most expensive. Well, I'm not going to go for that. So now I've got, well, I've heard of Taylor May before. Yeah. Oh, that's a set there for 200 quid. Oh, like, and it might be the, well, the M2 lineup of irons that, you know, old stock. And that's an, an easy buy. You don't know how current it is. You send the pit to, pitch to your mate. But like I say, where drill, you might only have six or seven options. In a golf shop, you've got hundreds. Oh, it's like ridiculous. Well, what I decided to do was get a brand that I know of that wasn't overly expensive, see how I get on with it. And if I like it, I'll go for a fitting in the future. And I'll spend a bit more money. <laughs> like how, I wonder how often they bring new drills out as well. Like your version, how do you know how current it is? Yeah, I don't. That's bloody. Knowing my luck, they'll bring a new version out tomorrow that's better. It's got more speed. <laughs> the embargo's just lifted on yeah. a load of new drills for tomorrow. <laughs> it's got a better RPM. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was the drill story. Thank you. Um, we need to talk about our new membership. Ooh. So, you might have seen from the last couple of years, we've been doing um, a lot of videos, basically, out on the golf course more. Well, we we Back in the day, let me rewind a little bit of time. Back in the day, I would always pretty much do a video in the golf academy at Trafford when I was at Trafford, in the golf academy when I went to Lytham Golf Academy, in the golf academy at, at Prairie Sports Village where we set up recently, though I say recently, like three or four years ago now. Um, and that was all well and good. It was consistent, but it kind of, I don't know, I just didn't want to keep doing it in the in the driving range bays. And when Guy kind of joined the team, it was like, we need to get on the golf course a lot more. It was like, okay, let's do that. So we needed to find a golf venue that was, accepting of it some aren't believe it or not some are quite difficult um anyway we used quite several number of different golf courses around the northwest but the one that we kept going back to just because of location and because of the quality of the golf course and how it looks on camera and how amazing the people are there for letting us go down and film we ended up finding ourselves at the marriott worsley park a lot and um it is a gorgeous golf course it really is it's more of a championship golf course you don't see any particularly any other holes when you're out there. It doesn't feel like... Um, it feels like it's been put on a big patch of land. It is a big golf course, isn't it? And I don't necessarily yeah. mean in terms of length. It's just big. Yeah. The greens are big. Yeah. Fairways are big. Like, you just don't ever feel like you are next to another hole, really. There's no holes, really, where you kind of have to wait for other people to tee off. No. Or you risk it. You know, they're on another fairway, but you best not tee off it because you could slice it onto that fairway. Yeah. It's just fast. And it because and it, it's quite tree-lined. It's only 20-odd years old now, but it's quite tree-lined. You can kind of get some really nice angles of the golf course and everything else. And the greens are always pretty good. They're massive greens as well. Anyway, long story short, we were thinking about joining there and we were dead excited about joining as a corporate membership. But very nicely, the Marriott Worsley Park have appreciated 
the exposure we give the place because uh, believe it or not a lot of people go down there now and play the golf course in fact just the other day when we were filming we're near the putting green about three or four people came up to us um and um said hello and you know said they were fans of the channel and they've actually come down to the marriott worsley park just to play it because they see it on the videos so basically marriott have given us membership which is amazing so now members of a golf club we're going to play a lot more golf um we might do a few little giveaways for rounds of golf around there as well. Mm. What do you remember the name of the guy that we met there? I do, George Baker. George, we had a good chat with George Baker, um, who actually has a podcast himself, and he, he just got engaged the day earlier, yes, which was amazing. This is such a cool story. So he, he was from Brighton. His missus is from Preston. He'd come up the day before. I think he got engaged the day before, but staying staying in Preston with his uh, new fiance's parents. And decided the very next day, after getting engaged, to go and have a game of golf on his own and went to Marriott Worsley Park to have that game of golf. And uh, bless him, he stood on that first tee and I was watching. I actually filmed it as well, <laughs> just on my phone, just to add a bit more pressure. And bless him, he didn't hit the best shot he's ever hit in his life. But after he reported back on the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group, he posted a picture, he got a selfie with myself, uh, reported that he shot one of his best rounds of 97 Broke 100. Broke 100 for the first time. And he was over the moon. And uh, the picture got ridiculous amount of I think he had about 1,200 likes. I mean, that for the Facebook group is phenomenal. Um, if you want likes, get a picture with Rick. That's, that's all you need. That's all you need. Just the so basically, uh, No, because I don't want people just hanging around the first tee at the Marriott <laughs> Worsley Park every day <laughs> trying to get pictures. You'd love that. <laughs> I would. I'd have to get security. No, I'm joking. But also, I might have to get security because I went viral. This week. Is this with your rake? Viral. Yeah. So Instagram at the moment have started this new thing called Reels. And basically it's to compete with TikTok. Because uh, TikTok's apparently going to get banned in the US, even though it seems to have gone quiet, that kind of storyline a bit more now. So when I was up in Scotland a few weeks ago, playing with my good friend Scotty Cowie at Trump International, he gave me a rake. And it's not just any rake. It's a rake that you actually attach to the end of your golf club. So you grip, so you can rake the bunker because at the moment there's no rakes in bunkers because of COVID and transmitting the disease and everything else. So this is a really cool way of being able to still look after the bunkers. Uh, I think it's just uh, what is it, like 3D printed out of plastic, basically. And it's really good, really effective. So we did a video to put on Reels where I just used it. And Reels did really well. I had like three, 400,000 views, which is really impressive for that. I then put it on TikTok not 1.8 million views. Outrageous, that isn't it? Do you know? Do you know? Have you seen how much growth as well? So we're on. No. Tw- we were on 22,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. We're now on 49,000. Wow. So we've grown by 26,000 followers just by putting a rake on the end of a club. So basically, I'm now going to become a TikTok star. That's yeah. what I've come in, I've come down to. It was the way it was filmed, I thought. It was just so <laughs> snappy and cool. And it was who, well who did you get to film that for you? Uh, one of my uh, one of my executive uh, <laughs> phone director. <laughs> I don't even know how to pick this up. You did. You yeah, did guy. I you filmed, filmed it. it. It was really good. It was really snappy. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, 49.2 thousand followers on TikTok now. So if you are on TikTok, even though it might get banned soon, give us a follow. But if I'm honest, I'm kind of I'm too big on there now, so I might have to come off there. Either way, we've got some stories. Yeah, I was just annoying that I sent an email through off, off a brand with a set of irons I know, that I've just seen this. pure, but I don't know why. No, I know. We... I'm going to uh, 
I know. Yeah. Right, that's the job for later on. But um, I've, we've I've got, literally just seen the same email. We've got. A, I've got one of my favourite ever today, Rick. Nightmare golf stories. Hit it's me. not so much. Last week's was really good that you did. That's ridiculous um, story with the. What was it? A badger in the head? Yeah, it's not quite as silly as that, but it's just unbelievably relatable, and it was nicely um, constructed. So it's from Martin, and Martin, I actually emailed him back, and I'm going to read it out, but I'm not going to try and pronounce his his surname. He's he's, sorry, he's from Denmark, and um, I don't want to do that. So it's Martin, and it says last hole nightmare. So he says, love the podcast. Um, I listen to it every day, driving to and from work, which is great. Um, I really like the episode of Gemma Hunter about the handicaps, and you answered, um, asked and answered loads of questions. Great stuff, learnt a lot, so that's great. Um, the story I would like to share took place a few weeks ago when I was out playing golf with my wife. Now, my first thought was, that's quite cool, like, he plays golf with his wife. Um, a little background, I started playing golf last year, starting off with a handicap of 72, and now I've gone down to 29. That's, 72 handicap. Yeah. I think they do that more in Europe, but down to 29. That's a big change. Yeah. That's like, well, obviously, more than halved. <laughs> that's a lot. That was good maths, wasn't it? I haven't broken 100 yet, and I haven't played a single round without scoring a zero on a hole. So I think he means like kind of Stableford wise. Breaking 100 would be a big milestone for me, and I've been close on a few occasions. And I think as well, going, just going off topic a little, well, going off the email a bit, but. When you're playing golf, certainly at that level, when you are at the level where you can't break 100 yet, you're obviously getting eights on holes, nines on holes. But that's your breaking of 100. It's such a thing that's in your head because he could easily shave off five shots, which could be the difference between 103 and 98. It's just that thing of breaking 100 is in your head so much, which I understand. And and how many times as well, it doesn't matter what number you're trying to break, whether it's 100 or 90 or 80 or whatever, and you'll have a front nine, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, way better that you're way on track for beating the target score. And then back nine just feels like a slog. Yeah, gets in your head. Um, Sorry, I've gone off track a bit there. <laughs> so now my wife and I are out playing. And although I struggled through the first three holes I normally do, I slowly got my game together, scoring some points. I used 53 shots on the first nine. And I knew that the 100 milestone wasn't in scope for this round. But on every hole in the back nine, I got either two or three Staleford points. And approaching the 18th hole, I still hadn't scored any zeros in any of the holes. So every hole in the back nine and the front nine has at least got some Staleford points, which to be fair is, 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 is going to be a decent enough score. I didn't count my number of shots, but was really confident that I would make a great score and definitely not um, definitely want to mess up the last hole. And it's also it's a, it's a short par five, which is normally bogey. Unfortunately, I sliced my tee shot and the following eight shots were complete rubbish. As I put it on the last hole, I got a score of nine. I entered the score onto my Garmin watch and pressed complete. The display showed a shot 101. Ouch. Even though my handicap went down by 1.5, I was so disappointed that I was so close to finally breaking 100. I'm pretty confident that breaking 100 will come soon. And I can concentrate on the next milestone of breaking 90. Thanks for the podcast and the great videos. Keep up all the work. How bad's that? How well, normally so We normally get to six comfortably. An easy hole. He's got a nine. And he's just two shots off breaking 100. Isn't golf cruel? Like, it really... I felt for him. <laughs> I was there. It happens. You will do it next time. You will. What's he called? Martin. Martin. So good luck, Martin, next time you go and play. I'm sure you'll break under 100. We've got yes. some questions. We have. 
Sorry, I keep got a little bit of like a dry throat today, but it's not anything more serious, Rich. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> this is from Lee. Now, it's a bit of a question that we might normally avoid because it's about an injury, which obviously we're not doctors. Although you might think from listening to us and the way we speak that we're very articulate and could well be doctors, but we're not. <laughs> Easily. Um, but I had a, I read it last night and I made a couple of points. We're interested to see what you see off the bat, Rick, and then I'll pop a couple in if you've not mentioned it. But started playing golf uh, last year. I thoroughly enjoy playing, learning and watching. It's from Lee, by the way, if I didn't say that already. Unfortunately, I've injured my hand whilst playing and haven't played for two months and I'm starting to get really fed up of not being able to play. Have you ever gone through a period of not being able to play and what's best to overcome it? I watch all YouTube videos, I listen to all the podcasts, I don't suggest them, haha. Keep up the good work, Lee. So what should Lee do while he's not being able to play? What would you say? Well, to answer your first question, have I ever been through a time where I can't play golf? Believe it or not, touch wood, no. Touch wood, I've, luckily, 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 obviously because it's my, my job and my profession, I've never been through an, a time where I can literally not play golf um, for an injury. So it's hard for me to fully relate. I think that the old kind of cliches would be as long as you can still kind of put and chip, you could potentially do that around the house. There's some amazing putting mats that you can get now, which is much more... Um, are more realistic than than old kind of putting mats that you used to be able to get. So putting mats are an amazing tool. Training aids for putting are, f- are phenomenal. I mean, the only thing I can possibly draw back on, I remember when Pete got really badly injured with his wrist a few years ago, and that was something that he really worked on. Um, in fact, uh, again, I don't mind giving it a shout out. He did, I think he did some videos on it when he did get injured about his wrist and the drills that you could do. Um, and then really just kind of keep yourself interested in golf without kind of getting too frustrated it must be difficult it must be very hard and time consuming but um if you if you can just keep your interests keen and then when you get back to golf make sure that your um, expectation levels are realistic so you're not going out thinking you're going to shoot the best round in the world you might come back a bit rusty but at least you're out playing i think that's something to look forward to but yeah short game is key um, get some expert advice. You, there are there are actually you know hand doctors out there. There's a uh, I don't know where you base Lee, but there's one a really good one in the northwest called Mike Hayton, who does a load of hand specialists for the for the uh, European tour players. Um, but yeah, that's what my advice would be. But it it must yeah. be difficult. Have you ever gone without? Being so able to play? this is a weird one. I've seen about like this before. I have, and at the time I actually quite liked it. Now that doesn't make sense. But let me explain. When I was about fourteen, where golf was my absolute life it was it was everything um i weirdly i can't really explain this but i basically i was trying to show right now when i was teeing up i think i'm a knees a bit inwards as opposed to putting outwards and because i was playing so much golf i kind of got a bit of a, a sore knee on the inside i went to the doctor and explained that you know I played a lot of golf and he thought at the time it was like an overuse injury so i got prescribed some anti-inflammatory kind of tablets or whatever and i was told to not play for a couple of weeks or a week or so now Obviously, at that age, being so keen on golf, part of me was absolutely devastated. But also, and this is so sad, part of me thought it was quite cool. Because I still went to the golf club with my mates in the summer. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't play because I've got you know, I've got an overuse injury. And it was almost like, look how dedicated I am to the sport. I've injured myself because I play too much. So I walked around a little bit. But it, so you co- it turned into a positive. Yeah, it was, it was like kind of like, it was sad that, innit? But I was only 14 or so. Um but again, like you, fortunately, other than that, I've not really had anything. But it just made me think yesterday, if, if Lee is kind of just a casual golfer who plays on a Saturday with his mates, has a few beers or something, it's more probably the banter that you're missing. So 
I know it doesn't sound ideal. You can still go and hop in a buggy. I mean, to be fair, if it's hand, you could walk around. Obviously, if he's not injured his legs or anything, you could walk around. They're still joining the banter. Even if they're in a four ball, you can still walk around and make. But sometimes hit. you quite enjoy that. Again, yeah, it's good. Good laugh. You know, if, if it's not, if you're normally a kind of guy that not that condone um, gambling, but you, you know, your friends have a bet on the golf course, you could still kind of join in with that, but not be playing. I don't know. If you're more somebody that is, so yeah, if you, you know, if that's what you're missing, then there is still ways of getting that fixed. If you are somebody that is serious about getting better at golf and you play because you want to get as good as you can, I still think there's ways you could improve. Firstly, your fitness. I mean, I know it's not the most exciting thing, but being fit, so at least even being able to walk around 18 holes carrying your bag, or whatever, you could work on your um, your fitness, whether it be getting on a treadmill or just going for a few more walks or whatever. I don't know, things like that. I also thought as well, like what you said, you hit the nail on the head with like practicing your putting one-handed or something. But you can also improve by kind of learning more about the game. So he says he watches the videos, which is great. But whether we pick up a couple of books or, you know, even walking on the golf course with your friends while they're playing, but watching like if they're similar ability to you or better. So if they're better players, watch what they do and learn. If they're similar to you, maybe watch. And it's easier when you're not playing. Watch what they're doing sometimes wrong. And and if you've got a friend, as I said, who's a similar ability, you're both 18 handicappers, and they've got a shot with a 20 yards to the green, and he tries to lob it and thins it through the back of the green and comes off with a seven. Sounds obvious, but you can almost see that more as an outsider and think, actually, I would do that, and I would, I've done made that mistake myself. You can almost improve your golf intelligence handicap. Exactly, that's a good, yeah, oh yes, I like that. Golf intelligence, yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, you might you might be a 15 handicapper on paper, but in this time that you're having it off, you can improve your intelligence of golf up to a single-figure handicap because that, that is that is a true thing. Um, what else have we got? Any more questions? Um, I must admit, I've not really looked at it. I thought that would be quite a long one. But one thing I can't, we kind of introduced last week, but I wanted to get a little bit more of a regular feature. So obviously we've got things like Listener of the Week we haven't done for a little while. We've got the Nightmare Golf Shots, which I love. I know you like it as well, Rick. That's doing quite well. I wanted to bring in one about annoying golfers or annoying things that happen on the golf course. Okay. And this, I think you did a couple last week, but this came from, so as Rick's just alluded to, we have been offered this corporate membership at Marriott Worsley Park, which we're really grateful for. And I used it for the first time last weekend. I booked a tee time at 11.21, okay? And I invited three of my, well, two friends and one mutual friend came. My friend, John, who's like my best mate, he turned up at half past 11. So the tea time was 11.21, he rocks up at half past. We'd had to tee off, the course was busy, so we had to run down the first fairway and meet us near the green with his tail between his legs, saying he got stuck in traffic on a Sunday morning, so he was chatting rubbish. Now, to be fair to John, he's quite a new golfer, so he's not quite, you know, if I was meeting you at the gym, let's say, Rick, I'll meet you at 7 o'clock. You might get there at 5 past, 5, 2, 10 past, it's about 7 o'clock. With golf, you've got a tea time, get there 10 minutes before at least, and it didn't annoy me enough. It really annoyed me, but it annoyed me enough to think like, oh, that's a bit annoying that. So this got me thinking about if anybody has any annoying friends on the golf course, but we don't want it to be massive things that are like out of order, but just like pet hates, I think is better. So email those email those to us. Um, the email address, as always, is podcast at rickshields.com. And let us know annoying habits or annoying things that your playing partners do or that you've seen on the golf course that aren't bad enough that you'd report it to the golf pro or the secretary, but annoying enough that you want to email us and get it off your chest. How's you can sound? do it anonymously as well if you wish. 100%. <laughs> unless, you, unless you want to call them out. I don't mind either way. Um, 
Awesome. Well, I think we're good with that. We've got to do a little bit of preparation for the video coming out today. Thank you much. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week for another action-packed episode. I enjoyed that one, Guy. Yeah. That was very good. Just last thing, it's every Tuesday now, isn't it, Rick? The podcast. We'll do our best. Yeah. We'll see you soon. <laughs>